This is 3 and 5 on SLC Management Podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Peacher from SLC Management. We're here for another session of 3 and 5. I'm very excited to be joined by Steve Weiss, who's calling from Denver. Steve's Senior Managing Director and Head of U.S. Business Development. He's out doing some business development in Denver right now. So, Steve, thanks for taking a moment in the middle of your travels to talk about DE&I. Oh, yeah. No problem. It's like to do it. So a, a couple of questions, and this relates to the new CFA Institute's Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Code, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know when we they released it, but this is the CFA's guidance on this. It's something that we've looked a lot at, you've been involved in, and that's what we want to talk about. So maybe we can start, if I can ask you, just to tell our listeners a little bit about this new code that's come out of the CFA Institute. What, what's it all about? I'll step back one second, because I think, first of all, I think People forget what the CFA actually institute does. They all, everyone in our business knows it's a horrible hazing test that you know you have to take over hopefully just three years to get into the business. But when we actually read their mission, it actually makes sense why they're doing this DEI code. And, and their mission is to lead the investment profession globally by promoting the highest standards of ethics, education, and professional excellence for the ultimate benefit of society. So that's not what you think about necessarily when you think about the CFA. So when they went ahead and rolled out this code, it really it really makes sense. And the objectives of the code are threefold. Really, it's to get the industry into a better position. I think everyone's working at this. Everyone knows they can do better. Everyone's trying, probably need to make people try harder. But they're really trying to create a framework that all the asset management firms can hold each other accountable and make it a little bit measurable. I think a lot of people are going to focus on the measurement aspect of this which is important, but it's really a small part of what we're trying to do. So the objectives are meet the industry where it is. In other words, level set. Are we doing a great job or not a good job? Define key principles for the firms to implement. We'll talk about those in a second. And then provide a metrics-based reporting system. Ultimately, at the core of all of this is action, not just words. The basic principles, and I'm not going to go through all six. I'll kind of lump them together. It focuses on pipeline and talent acquisition. It focuses on promotion and retention. And that promotion and retention is inclusivity at the heart of it. And then the last part is leadership and influence, You know, using our position as a leader to make this happen. And the goal is, again, to bring the belief that diverse talent pool will lead to better investment outcomes for our clients who are also a very diverse group. And that's that's at the core. So the, the CFA Institute obviously wants asset managers like SLC management to sign up for this. We obviously, as an asset manager, take that seriously. We don't just sign up for things randomly. We want to know right. what we're committing to. We put together a committee that thought about this and reviewed it. You were on that committee mm-hmm. to decide whether we actually wanted to be a, a founding signatory of the code. So and we decided to do that. As we deliberated that, as a committee deliberated that, what, what did we find compelling about this and why did we sign up for it? So the committee that we're, you're talking about is the Allies Acting for Change, and that is effectively the SLC's DEI committee. And this was important to us because when we think about uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts, we think of it, in, and to use investment lingo, a top-down, bottom-up approach. Another way to say it is there's corporate DEI and then grassroots DEI. You know, so we think that it's in order to drive change at the organization, you need to have both working. And to sign up for the DEI code was a, a basically a commitment from, you know, we're saying at the top at SLC as a founding signatory, this is very important and crucial. And it basically says that the folks at the top of leadership are on board with this and want this to happen. And then we as this committee and we as SLC at all the individual levels can then dig in on the grassroots efforts and really push DEI actions 
through uh, the organization up to the top. So it's kind of leaders walking the walk and pushing the objectives down, and then every person in the company living and breathing those objectives. So you signed up voluntarily to be part of this committee, the Allies Acting for Change. Mm-hmm. You know, you weren't told to do it. So, you know, as it relates to that committee, as it relates to, you know, considering things like this DEI code mm-hmm. from the CFA Institute and how we want to interact with that, do we want to sign it? Why'd you get involved? I mean, why is this important from your perspective? It's important to me because this is a podcast, so no one can see us, but we are effectively two middle aged white males in a leadership role. It's an incumbent on us to drive change. We're in the position to do that. And, and what's really helped me out in this is my, my family. I, I have the benefit of having a 26-year-old son and a 24-year-old daughter. My daughter is a social justice warrior and who is reminding me kind of on a daily basis about the privilege that I have as uh, this position, what I'm supposed to be doing with that privilege that comes to me. And I am lectured and schooled fairly regularly about bias and about the way I talk about things and really helping. She helps me understand what my role in this is. And so because of that, I also think that's important. I think a lot of times we build these DEI committees and we don't put senior white leader males on these committees. And it's important because we're in these positions of power and it's incumbent on us to to really drive change. Well, you know, it, it does strike me that there's a big generational change going on. You know, you mentioned your daughter. I have kids mm-hmm. the same age. They haven't chosen a career as a you know a lawyer, and but they're all they all seem very much tuned in. To, on, they're on the same frequency, and so you know they talk about it. And I think that they do push parents like us, and they mm-hmm. do push society. And so I one of the optimistic views I have is that this is because of that generational change, we are going to, this is not going to stop, right? We are going right. to continue to see this because it's what the next generation is all about. It's how they think. And that's going to impact uh, who they vote for and mm-hmm. policies they want to see and what they want companies to do. And so I, I think I feel really good about that. And I think what mm-hmm. you're describing in your kids, I, I see all over the place. And I also see in our younger employees, you know, it's how they think. So, you know, I like to end these with a personal question. And a birdie told me to ask you about your musical pursuits. So tell the audience about your musical pursuits. Okay. So I've been playing the drums since I was eight years old. And I can think over that time period, there's probably only been about one or two years total that I haven't been in a band. And so I uh, am constantly looking for bands. COVID has been tough as a musician. Couldn't really get together and rehearse. But uh, yeah, I I love the job that I have. I still would 100% probably trade it to be a rock star. But And I'm not totally ending that pursuit. I will be in bands until I am a rock star. (laughs) I saw a cool video the other day. I think it was... uh... Crossroads, is that the song by Led Zeppelin? It was that it was a video of all these musicians at different locations coming together to play that. Really, yeah. a, really a cool video. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you very much, Steve, for taking the time. I know you're uh, traveling in a lot, so thanks for taking a bit of time. And thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of 3 and 5. Thanks. It was fun.